still talking about the lifestyle of sons and want to make sure that um, all of our sisters know that we're talking about you as well. When we talk about the bride of Christ, we're talking about the brothers as well. So here we're talking about you. And let me look at Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 7. And we'll read through that somewhat quickly because this is uh, the basis uh, for which we are sharing these things, uh, the lifestyle of sons. In other words, you and I should have a manner of living that is not like the world. And uh, it seems to me that more and more um, I feel so strongly that all that God has been pouring into us it is time to, to give it out to others. I believe that we are living and you are living in a time for the fulfillment of all the promises God has given to us. Amen. I'm with you. Amen. And so let's look at the scripture again. Um, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we. And so Paul wants us to understand that just like this uh, natural example or analogy is true uh, in its context, he wants us to also understand that we are, uh, are also um, walking out a truth, a reality. So he says, even so we. When we were children, were in bondage, reduced to bondage, that means, under the elements of the world, but. And but here changes the direction. It says, but, when the fullness of the time had come. So we want to really think about, but, when the fullness of the time had come. God did what? Sent forth his son, born of a woman. That's the first thing you must remember. Because this is the fulfillment of the scripture. Born of a woman born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So it's when the scripture says, but when the fullness of the time had come, um, we're going to explore that starting in Genesis uh, 49. We could actually uh, go uh, earlier into Genesis when God promised the woman that her seed was going to crush uh, the, uh, the seed of the serpent, was going to totally deal with him. So here... It means, but at the right time, when the fullness of time had come, it was at the right time. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. So God fulfilled his promise. God kept his promise. Let's look at the fullness of time in the context of Genesis 49, verse 10. Genesis 49, verse 10 says, The scepter, or the ruler's staff, shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now, we want to look at, at what that actually means. Because what, what that means, uh, a better translation of what that means is, um, whose it is, that is, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a, law, a lawgiver from between his feet, until whose it is, that is, the scepter will not depart from Judah, whose it is, until the time comes, whose it is. The NIV renders that, until he to whom it belongs shall come. So he says that Jesus Christ is the focus here. Jesus Christ is the center of 
all that we are, all that we do, all that God has promised us. So he says, the lawgiver, uh, the scepter rather, shall not depart from Judah until he comes whose it is, till the scepter is. And um, the Ezekiel in chapter 21, Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 27, uh, I'm reading in the New King James. It says, until he comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. I believe that we are approaching this amazing and marvelous day. We are approaching this amazing and marvelous day. So God wants us to understand that these promises of, of the seed of Abraham, the seed of the woman, are now ours. So he wants us to understand that there's a, a time for fulfillment when you and I are to step into our full understanding or God's full understanding of sonship. We are to walk as sons of God and not just little nepios, little children, babes who, ha who need their diaper changed, who need a mi milk bottle in the mouth. No, but mature sons who know who they are. These sons who know who they are. And uh, in Ezekiel chapter 21, uh, verse 27, um, the, the portion that says, until he comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. These words were addressed by, by the last king of Judah who had so messed up. So he says, no, this is going to, uh, there's going to be uh, somebody coming, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give him uh, this ruler's staff. Now notice, when we, notice this, whenever we look at the fulfillment of scripture, we're also looking at the fulfillment as it comes to us. It, we, we must understand that this is for us. It's not just, oh boy, wow, um, Jesus was uh, the seed of the woman and he was born, just like the Bible says, yes, but for us. It is unto us that this uh, child is born. It is to us that this son is given. And, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And so God wants us to understand that. So now we can walk confidently as a son of God, just as Jesus is the son of God. Christ was born of a woman. He was and is both human and divine. So the scripture wants us to know that Jesus Christ is not just this uh, uh, a mystical figure in human history. Oh, he was God and I can't be God. I'm only human. No, Jesus is human and divine. And John chapter 1, verse 14, sort of also helps us. It gives us strength to walk out this amazing conduct or lifestyle. That is, we are overcomers. We're not the overcome. We're not those who dance uh, when the, uh, the sea is open in front of us, but cry when it's closed. We're not like that. You know, when Israel came to the Red Sea, they were moaning and groaning because the sea was there and Pharaoh was behind them and the sea is in front and the mountains are over here and over there and we don't know what we're going to do. This is the same God that delivered you out of the hand of Pharaoh. This is the same God that, that caused it to be dark, so dark uh, that you could feel the darkness and it was light where you were. This is the God who, when the, the, the locusts and the, uh, the flies came, you didn't have any in your dwellings. This is the God who, who kept frogs in the enemy's camp, but there were no frogs where you lived. So, so why now are you going to doubt God because this is a formidable situation in front of you? 
So that was not the lifestyle of son. So the, the God, God says to Moses, as it were, if I may paraphrase, hey, stop moaning. Stretch, stretch out your hand. Put, stretch your rod over the sea and see what I'll do about it. And he stretched it over. And the sea parted. And, and the people started to shout. There, whoa, whoa, the sea's parted. Well, they should have shouted it open. Are you with me? You, you are a son of God. And you are... A, a seed. You are part of that amazing seed that was prophesied to come. And so the, the Bible says to us in John 1 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt, lived, remained, abode among us. And we beheld his glory. So the word didn't just come, but we beheld his glory. What about the glory? The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I love the fact that the Word became flesh. I often have said this throughout the years that we ought to, ought to also, the word, we ought to be that vessel that the Word is becoming, as it were, a reality in between these shoulders. You know, yeah, in this frame. The Word ought to be reality. That is, as a son of God, we ought to walk out the Word of God. It doesn't matter whether it's easy, we walk out the word of God. If it's easy, they say, anybody could do it. But it, this is for sons of God. You and I must walk differently than those in the world. We must not take our cue from those in the world. We must give them what to do. We must show them by example what to do. There's a different way of living for us. We don't need everything to go our way to, to be excited about God. We don't need everything to go our way to show that we are sons of God. No, we don't, we don't need that. Paul says, I know how to uh, abound. I mean, I'm, I'm, I rejoice when everything is going my way. And I know how to handle myself when, when I'm being abased. I know how to abound. I know how to suffer need. Do you? Yeah, in this time in which you and I are living, I believe that God is giving us an opportunity to do something that has not been done before. In the whole, in the history of the world, it has not been done before. He is giving us an opportunity to, to do that. What is that? To welcome the Son of God back. To welcome the Son of God back from heaven. Yeah, to welcome him back from heaven. He is giving us that opportunity. But... I don't think it can happen as long as we are crying about every little hangnail. Come on. We are sons of God. We are sons of God. I would say every good father has had to say to his son, hey, stop crying. I think every good father's done that. Stop crying. I don't think a good father says, just cry your little heart out, baby. That's all right. Just, just go over there and just mourn. Sit down and just... Just get you a handkerchief and just cry. It's good for you. I don't think son, uh, daddies do that. We say, hey, hey, stop, stop that. Stop that. It's enough now. Let's grow up. You know, now, my tears are, are tears of joy. They're not tears, oh, God, you didn't answer my prayer. Tears of joy. Now, we, we want that boy to have tears of joy, but we don't want him to cry about every little situation in his life. And, and God doesn't want his sons doing that either always complaining, and we're not happy unless we have a new toy. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. And he shows us again that, that 
Jesus Christ is both human and divine. Let's look at another way that Jesus comported himself or conducted himself in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Jesus, we are so much unlike Jesus in so many ways. And if you are not checking yourself here periodically, then you are not walking out the lifestyle of a son of God. We love for people to know what we've done. And sometimes when we try to hide it, we make sure that it's a matter of prayer so somebody knows. Let's look at Philippians 2.7. But made himself of no reputation. But made himself of no reputation. He wasn't up trying to pad his reputation. He says, taking the form of a bond servant. He did what? He took the form of a bond servant. So if we were having a, a church dinner, where would Jesus be if, 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 as, as his lifestyle goes? Where would Jesus be? Serving? He'd be somewhere serving. You know, it, it, can you imagine? Here's Jesus. We're going down where he said, man, I heard that Jesus was going to be here. Uh, are all of you people new here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I, I'm, I'm wondering where Jesus is. And he's serving. I wonder where Jesus would be among his disciples. Oh, he's, they're washing feet. I wonder what Jesus would do when, when his disciples are all despondent and they, they, they think, oh, the Messiah is gone. Now he's dead. He's, he was hanging on the cross and, well, here's cooking breakfast for him. But he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And we see an amazingly clear picture of our lifestyle in these verses. And taking the form of a bondservant, not making yourself um, of a reputation. Wow. Wow. How amazing is that? Let's look at chapter 4 for a while. Let's look at chapter 4 for a while. He says, even so we, of verse 3, is a comparison. Even so we. So he's comparing. He's not contrasting. And there are these three things that we found in these verses. We are all sons. We are of God through faith in Jesus. We were all baptized into Christ, having put on Christ. And you are all one in Christ Jesus. So the, the apostle has told us three, these three things that we don't want to forget. Then he says, for as much as you are Christ's, or that you belong to Jesus Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is, for me, a mind-blowing statement. I don't know how you're taking it this morning, but it's a mind-blowing statement. We don't want to take it too far, but let's take it to where God the Father takes it. In Christ, in Christ, we inherit all things. That's where God the Father takes this. In Christ, we inherit all things. Now, when we truly understand that, I don't think that we, could, we go around with our head hung down. Man. Well, the world's against me. You know, I, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. <laughs> you know, walking around so sad. That's not the lifestyle of a son. You and I inherit all things. Through Christ, we inherit all things. Not some things, not most things, not the things I understand. We inherit all things. 
So God wants us to stop arguing over, over these local lots. And sometimes people think that you're nutty if you're not arguing over the local lots. They think, what's wrong with you? Don't you understand all of this? All of this what? All this perishable stuff? All the perishable? No, I am focused on the imperishable. All this corruptible stuff? No, I am focused on the incorruptible. And this is what God wants us to do. Remember in, in the book, in, 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 when Joshua was, was um, um, dividing the land among the tribes, one of my favorite stories is that Joshua came to Ephraim. Ephraim was a large tribe, and uh, Joshua had apportioned them a, a some rel relatively small portion of inheritance. <clears throat> We're talking about inheritance here. He had given them a small inheritance, and so the leaders of, uh, went to Joshua and said, Hey, in the, let me just use my East Texas vernacular. They said, Hey, hey, brother, what are you doing? We, we are, we are a, a, a great people. We are a lot of us. And this little part that you gave us, it's too small. He said, well, if you are a great people, if you all that you say you are, why don't you go up to the wood country, up to the forest, go up to the forest and where the giants are, the Anakim, Go where the giants are. Go where the difficult places are. Stop complaining here. Go up there and show us that you are somebody. If the Lord has done all that in you, go take your, that mountain. Go take that wood country, the forest. Go take the hard places. And you know what they did? They went up there and dislodged the Anakin because they truly were great. This is what God is calling on us to do. You inherit all things, even so, he says. So let me get to my other little part here. Ah, I'm kind of excited. So let's talk a little bit about redeeming uh, those under the law in verse 5, uh, that we might have the adoption of sons is what uh, the scripture says. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might have adoption as sons. Let's look at Isaiah 7.14 for explanation. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us shall call his name Emmanuel. This is so amazing that God lived with his people. Now, maybe you think, oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's easy for you to understand, or you, you might say, well, it's easy for me to understand, Pastor. I don't know why you have a problem with Because I know people. And to think that God would humble himself to walk among us, you might think that, that it's a treat, but I don't think so. That you're the high, the most high God, sinless, amazingly pure, righteous, beyond our comprehension, and you want to live with people? God is an amazing God. There is nobody like him. And he, he wanted to be with his people. 
and, and he says, I'm going to come. I'm going to dwell with you. The, the Yahweh God is going to come and dwell with you. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. His name shall be called Jesus. And he walked with us. The same way that Emmanuel, uh, or G Yahweh walked in the camp of Israel. He freed them from bondage and was the pillar of cloud um, over them by, by night the pillar of fire over them by night and the pillar of cloud by day and walking in the midst of the camp. Wow. He, was, he was all things to them. Pillar of fire, keeping them warm. Pillar of cloud, keeping them cool. Walking in the, in the midst of them, making sure that nobody messed with them. That's who God is. Now, now notice how, how powerful this, this is. He, so, but now he has come to not just walk among us. Yes, he walks among us, but he lives in us. If, if one can be successful with God walking among them, God being a, a, a pillar of fire over them and a pillar of cloud over them, how much more, how much more ought we give God him, his living inside of us? So let us endeavor to walk like sons of God. And not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the cunning of men. This is an amazing day in which we live. I've come to the conclusion that I'm looking at people who could very well see the coming of the Lord. I am looking at people. Listen to what God says in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, speaking of Joseph, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Notice, the, notice son of whom? David. Because the Lord must come through David's lineage, through Abraham's lineage, through David, specifically through David. It says, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, to, from, to you, Mary, comma, like your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will do it. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Let's look at the adoption so that we understand. We have talked about adoption in this series before, but let's talk about it again. We, in John chapter 1, verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. He gave you the right to be children of God. He gave you the authority to be children of God. So Paul tells us in Romans 8, 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. So we are children of God, therefore we are not debtors to anything natural, as it were. We're not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. That is, my own whims, my own desires, my own plans, my own preferences, my own, the, own, the, my, the purposes, even the purposes that I've given to myself. We're not, we're not a debtor to live that way. He says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. 
If you live doing your own thing, you will die. Now, he's not talking about just dying like, like we die, you know, people die. He's talking about an eternal death. You will, you will have an eternal death. And, and in other words, you will have what you want. You just want your own way. You want to do your own thing. You want, you want it, uh, your own plans and purposes. You want to plot your own course. One day you will have it. That's, what, that's so frightening to me. Now notice what he says. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, I love buts in the right places. <laughs> but, if by the Spirit you put to death, how do you do it? By the Spirit. But, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Doesn't just mean you're already living. So he's not talking about biological life, but you will live a spiritual life. You will live the eternal life. And then he goes on to say, because he's told us how to put to death those, those thoughts, those ideas, those plans that you have. God says, I know the thoughts I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. I've got eternal plans for you. I don't just have temporal plans for you. I have eternal plans for you. So walk like it. And he says here, but if by the spirit you put to death. Now, so the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are, as are led by the spirit of God. Now, he's told you how to put to death those things. Those things that keep you up at night wondering how you're going to outmaneuver somebody. He says, put them to death by the spirit of God. By the Holy Spirit of God. By the spirit of sonship that is in you. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. Wow. Wow. How about that? How powerful is that? Wow. Let me read something really. Let me do it. I think I can do it. Romans 8. Uh, look at verse 15 as the praise team is coming. For, now listen, this, this is so good. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So God didn't save you so that you would stay fearful. Now, I'm not talking about the political wranglings that some in the church have gotten hold of. Yeah, yeah, some of us have gotten hold of those things. I'm not talking about that. But listen what he says here. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. That is, you received the spirit of adoption by whom, but not, not by which, by whom, the spirit of adoption is a person by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And this is like, you, you know, maybe you grew up, I grew up, I, formerly we called my mom Mother. Hello, Mother. We didn't, she didn't want us to call her Mama. So we called her Mother. But we called Dad, our Father, Daddy. Daddy. Hey, Daddy. We didn't say, hey, Father. It's okay if you do that. But... He's saying here, no, Jesus used this word Abba like, hey, dad. Hey, daddy. You know, daddy, daddy. And, and, and it's, it's what little children use. It's a, an affectionate term. He says, we have the spirit of daddy. We have the Holy Spirit gives us to say daddy. <clears throat> You ever needed something from God? You just went up to him and you talked to him just like you knew him. 
So we've received the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit living in you means that God is adopting you. If I adopt a child in this earth, I can adopt a child and, and have papers. But God adopted you and put his spirit in. The spirit of God is the paper. It's the spirit of God. And right now, you and I can act differently. We can comport ourselves differently. I'm going to be back and just tell you just a little bit more later. Thank you.